Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Today, I have someone very, very dear to my heart on the show, my friend, my teacher, my sister, one of my all-time favorite people in the whole world, Shuba Kasima Fisher. If you have read my latest book, To Love and Let Go, you already know a little bit about her because she's featured in chapter 20 as the teacher that I had in my Path of Love process that really changed my life. As a therapist extensively trained in trauma resolution and with a master's degree in psychology, Shuba has 25 years of experience in helping people heal trauma and childhood wounds with a very special focus around conscious relating, intimacy, and couples dynamics. I am so grateful and honored to have you on the show, Shuba. Welcome to the Yoga Girl podcast. Oh, thank you so much. How do you like this intro for you? Was it good? (laughs) (laughs) You warm my heart. It's really a pleasure to be here. And all all that is also like, you know, what I feel for you too. You're Mm. so dear to me. It's Um. so lovely to sit here, finally. (laughs) We have our our babies in the pool with our husbands. Yay! Yay! It's like a very special time. Oh, sweet. I am uh, so happy to have you on the show. I was sharing a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that I was hoping to have you here. I've kind of mentioned you on the podcast. I've spoken about you in the book. But for people who are listening and maybe they have no idea who you are, could you share a little bit with us what you do? Mm, of course. I'm from Brazil and I live uh, part of the time in Sweden, in Stockholm, which I love. I love to be there. I love Swedish people. And, uh, and I have been studying about people and about myself, of course. And that has been a long journey. has been started actually when I was missionary in a church. <laughs> Yeah, so I went to India in name of Jesus 
and I went there to somehow talk about Jesus and uh, this sounds to me like another person I, I cannot know, imagine it's you such a long time ago it was almost past life and that actually I found for the first time meditation and I started to be very curious what it uh, did to me and uh, and the cause and effect also to people around me and friends and that came like a glove and a hand uh, to to fit in what I was doing because I was in my psychology university that time. Yeah, and that made uh, the whole difference of how to explore the humankind, starting within myself, therefore with people, which I love to do. So you were always interested in psychology even before? Yes. How yes. do you think it, it has uh, impacted your practice and your learning of psychology and meditation? Because a lot of people go down the regular route of a uh, master's degree in psychology, you become a psychologist, you have a practice, and you do it in a little more, uh, how do you say, like a holistic way with meditation and Yeah, meditation was a turning point for me. It was really the division of the waters, I must say, because somehow it was a space that I could go inside of myself and that I don't need to pretend to be anything and I don't need to achieve anything. So it's nothing to be done, nowhere to go. It's just a space that I can just close my eyes and even is so turbulent inside. It's like, let it be. So that space that I can just relax within and even, you know, it's not easy many times actually to sit and to just close the eyes and be there. But something starts to recognize that I have a very safe space inside to just uh, be. And that for me makes a whole difference. And also working with people in that way is always a reference that I can go inside of myself, that uh, that will never be taken away from me. Mm. And that uh, I find that very precious. And of course, you cannot do meditation. It's something that you cannot do with your hands. Like now I'm going to be very quiet inside. It's impossible. But you can prepare the soil. Like you can practice that again and again, like having the space for that. And then suddenly silence just takes you. Mm. It's a space, even if it's just a little bit of moment, like to relax inside. And there, there is this pause. And then suddenly the whole system is recharged. Mm. Yeah. So when you found meditation in, in India, did you leave your missionary ways <laughs> behind right away? It was like a totally life-changing thing or was it uh, little by little no it was a uh, was very intense time <laughs> <laughs> yeah what i can say is that I, I left the church i left the concepts and the dogmas and the ideas about it that i was very restricted very rigid but that feeling of working with people and being with people that remained Actually, it became even more expanded inside of myself. Mm. Yeah, so I feel that that heart of uh, of being there for people and also exploring together with people that has been growing since then even more. And now you've been uh, working as a psychologist, as a therapist, with a focus on relationships and intimacy and healing trauma and childhood wounds for for how long? It's gonna be. Yeah, it's a uh, 25 years already. 
there's a lot of lot of people you've seen yes <laughs> yes has been and i must say that i i can't stop being wonder every time that something every retreat every person that i meet every breakthroughs that happens is always new it's always yeah. new it's yeah. so touching to see what's possible to all of us mm. in this path of uh, self-exploration self-development doesn't stop right no, I want to, because I've, I've talked about this on the podcast a lot, I think. Well, you and I, we just finished uh, our Healing the Heart retreat that we've done twice this year. Yes. Which is uh, different from the regular yoga retreats that I lead. So it's a kind of a merge between or merging the yoga with the, the, the healing experience, the somatic work, the meditations, the therapy, the, all of it in like a big pot that we've been stirring this, this week with these ma magical participants that we had. How wonderful was that What week. a ride. Wow. <laughs> what wow. A ride. It was amazing. And it's hard because you cannot really explain to anyone. People ask, oh, how was the retreat week? And then you smile and you say, it's great. <laughs> But it's so hard to put into words. Yeah. And I think anyone who's experienced healing in that sense that you you have an experience or you have support or tools and you leave feeling feeling the feeling of having healed something or stepping deeper into the journey of healing or like a puzzle piece clicking you know it's very hard to explain with words what it feels like yeah and yeah. for me the first time i i had this similar type of experience for myself was when i was i was 18 i i've shared this on the show a couple times And uh, I went to a retreat center in Sweden for a process or for a, like a holistic therapy retreat, the kind of retreats that you lead now. But it wasn't with you. Right. In Boravara in Sweden. Yes. And I did two of those groups. And then I uh, had the big realization that came. For me, the biggest piece was I need to live my own life. That was really a big, big one for me. I had, had my whole life, 18 years bending over backwards to please everybody else, to try to take care of everybody else. And I didn't have one breath of space in my life where I listened to what I wanted to do. Right. And then I left. So I left Sweden. I left the family, left my past, left my pain, mm -hmm. started a new life in, in Costa Rica, and then started on this journey that led me to yoga and yoga girl and tennis and all of these things, teaching and becoming you know, this podcast and everything that's come along with that. So it's kind of started in the same roots with the same work and the mm -hmm. same community that you do. Mm -hmm. And I met you at that time. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Many years ago. So Amazing. So many no? years ago. And I remember this so clearly. I think I was 19. I had, I had been away from Sweden for like a year. And it was the year of my life where I... It was really... I came back a new person. And it was anyone who knew me at that time could really say, like, Rachel found herself like I was totally totally new life and I was coming from Costa Rica back to Sweden for my I think my brother was graduating high school or something and my mom threw a party in the house that yes, we had on this exactly. island where she lived yes and you were there yes yes <laughs> so strangely so, and I remember that when I came into the kitchen was the first time that I saw you and I came into the kitchen and then you were there in this amazing dress And I look at you and I felt like, whoa, there is a light here. <laughs> and then I, I, I told your mom, I said like, whoa, you have a very pretty light star daughter. 
And then she said, I know, I know. <laughs> I said, wow, she's so pretty. And she said, I know, isn't she? <laughs> so she was very proud of, of you. And I remember that it was very impactful to see you in your, your beauty, in your something very bright, in your energy. And if you would have met me one year earlier, it would have been a totally different uh, experience because I was really heavy, weighed down, sad. And then I, I got to have this experience of, of merging this very special kind of meditation with this trauma healing type of work, which was really, I could feel physically lighter. I felt visibly like I had light inside, which I never experienced. And I had that, that year, especially people would stop me in the street and go, hey, wow, like, and just say, how are you? And you you look so happy. What, well, you know, they would ask me like, what did you do? Or like, like I had some magic uh, powder or something <laughs> because that's how I felt. I right. had one year of kind of uh, looking at the world with these eyes of everything is amazing mm -hmm. because that was the feeling of release having let some of that heaviness go from my past. It was very visible. Right. Yeah, but that's spot on. That's that's actually the the what happens when you really go deep in such a work within yourself. People look at you and say like, "Wow, what did happen to you?" Right. Yeah. And I think the people who who just left our retreat, we uh, talk about that a little bit, reintegrating to our regular lives and how it is so visible. So I think this is such an interesting question because for anyone out there and we had so many questions sent in around trauma mm -hmm. around uh, childhood pain around recent pain anything that weighs us down makes us feel like we cannot live life all the way because we had something really hard happen in our lives how is there even such a thing as beginning down the journey of actually fully healing something because so many people out there have a really, really, really hard, hard, hard experiences in their past. And uh, the, the, I think that the longing to, to relieve ourselves of it is so intense. Absolutely. But we don't know where to start. Right. You know, and not everyone has these, uh, you know, retreats at their fingertips. They go to Aruba and spend one week immersed. You know, people have regular lives with kids and work and, you know. Right. Right. So how does this, um, in, your, in your view, how does this process work and does it work? Right, yeah, it does, it does work. I, I, yes, I feel very confident to say that because I have been seeing that and also in my, my own life, it does work and there is a hope there. We are very much designed and wired to heal with things that hap has happened and happens to, to us. Absolutely, I can say that. I think the first thing that comes to me when you mention that is we are not only the things that happens to us. If you see like the pain that we cross in life and the difficulties and absolutely impactful situations, we are not only that. There is much more also that makes us to survive, makes us to be here alive. And that also needs acknowledgement. Because if you just focus on the things that are the bad things and the things are very hard, they are there, of course, and they are very difficult to cope, but they are not us as a whole. 
There is other parts in us also that makes us to keep on going, that makes us even to ask that question, is that possible? But it can feel like that. Like if we've had a trauma, like like that's our whole lives. Yeah. So yeah. someone who might be working through or, or experiencing something really heavy, and it's like the lens is really small. Yes. And then we look at the whole world from this place of the wound. Yes. And this is exactly what trauma does to us. Mm. It's like makes us to, to see from one own, only one lens, you know, it's like it becomes very rigid, very narrow. And everything that you see in the world is from those kind of eyes, which has had experience in the past or even now the difficulties there what we can call it as trauma or a painful situation so everything else you just see through those lens and this is the delicacy here that we needed to that I wanted to say we are not only that spot that is very intense that's why it becomes huge and spread all over our, our lives but if you really see there is more than that like uh, what it makes your day to go on, what makes you to even ask the question, can I heal myself? If you really see there is a spot, even if it's tiny, tiny little one, but there is something inside that wants to knock at the door of healing, a door that wants to say, I want to open actually to something new. Is there any hope for me? Who is asking those questions? Who wants to heal? It's not trauma in itself. It's not the pain in itself. It's something there that wants a way out. Something there that wants to breathe, that wants to say like, I want, I want a turn of, of direction here. Is there any chance? That spot needs also recognition. Does mm. it make sense when I yeah, say that? Yeah, yeah, And that when you started to realize that, aha, there is a space inside it that wants something different. And then you bring a little bit of attention to that spot Maybe you're going to start to see that actually there is a being there that is longing for life, that is longing for healing, longing for something different than just trauma and pain mm. and disillusion. And when you bring more attention to that part of ourselves, that, that longing to heal, the longing to have a good life, the part that continues and carries on, uh, then we can do something. Yes, because in yeah. that part gets enhanced by your attention that part actually starts to have a bit more of energy because you look and say oh wait a minute oh yes there is a part in me that wants to knock at the door of a healing or something different than just pain and let me give a little bit of attention and energy to that part mm. how that part feels like what that part wants how does it sound like? And then you started to somehow shift a bit of your orientation out of the trauma and going a little bit towards what I call the resources, the part that you started to see that has life also, hmm. not only pain. And what is what constitutes a trauma? Trauma, basically, I wanted to say trauma is not in these stories. People tend to think that... Uh, I have a very traumatic uh, life based in your stories or I don't have any trauma also based in stories. Trauma is not stories, it's actually the capacity or not being able to respond the circumstances or the situations that has happened to you. So, 
And basically, when something is too much, too fast and too soon, that doesn't give capability to your system to respond that situation. And then that amount of energy that wants to get mobilized, it's stuck in the nervous system. And that can be called as trauma. So... Because sometimes we minimize things, right? So, exactly. oh, that, that's not so bad. You exactly. know, other people have horrible things. But something that for someone can be very traumatic, the same circumstance for another person maybe is not. Exactly. Uh. Exactly. And then and some people have crossed super difficult situations and they have the resilience and the, the capability to respond and to keep on going that suddenly that very traumatic situation can blossom into something that is completely different. So and maybe for someone else, it just gets so imprinted in their lives that they cannot even go on. Mm. And like something really loses and uh, grief, for example, can be sitting there for a long, long time. So it's really about my own capability to respond to the situation and how can I activate my nervous system to actually to respond and to let that amount of energy to free, be freed. By, by on my body, on my system, biologically speaking. And with this kind of uh, a viewpoint on trauma, do you ever encounter people who've never had anything traumatic in their entire lives? Or is it something we can kind of count that almost everybody will move through in their life? I think all of us. Because, as I said, it's like trauma. This word is quite heavy mm -hmm. word, trauma, mm -hmm. right? Makes it sound like death yes. or panic. Or, yeah. Yes, but uh, as I say, that it's not about uh, stories in the content in itself, but how I respond, something in my life that sometimes is too much, and that's life. You know, we all have challenges and things and days that we face things that sometimes we feel overwhelmed. We feel that, oh my God, it's like, uh, give me a break, it's too much. Mm. We all have those moments, even, you know, what is, not, what is too much for me is not too much for you and vice versa. And we all share that. That actually makes us to bond as human beings mm. because mm. we all share those moments. So I never crossed someone that Who never had never ha happened. Yeah. yeah, challenge moments or difficult times. You know, we right. all we, we all, all know that. And how interesting that we do. I imagine a, a life with no challenge, with no need to be resilient, no need to seek, to look. To there's also part of that process that uh, that really builds us in a way. Mm. And yeah. I think the the interesting point I think is that is that moment when we become very aware. I guess maybe it's a nagging feeling that we have in our lives of something isn't working or we're exhausted all the time or we feel out of place. We feel fearful, little nagging things. And then getting to a place where we make the connection of, ah, actually I have something to work on. Yes. This thing in my past, in my childhood that I felt wasn't a big deal or yeah. happens to everyone or, you know, we don't want to talk about it. It's too hard. Uh, and that turning point of deciding, okay, I want to I wanna heal something. Yeah. And I think it's something that a lot of people, also in this community especially, I feel like the yoga girl community is very bonded around 
around overcoming pain right in, in the vulnerability of, of, of daring to share right I've had a hard things happen in my life and then bonding with other people who maybe share the same things and once we get to that turning point I think of realizing oh I have a trauma here in my past or a challenge or something I want to work on it's it can be terrifying because what's the work yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think a lot of people find their way to yoga that because yoga can be such a good resource of feeling the body and learning to breathe and maybe that experience of, of finding a safe place inside that you were sharing in the beginning of the show. And also strengthening up yeah. the, the body, like embodying it and yourself. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But what I found, because uh, so many people find their way to yoga because of hard things, because of, you know, we're on a healing journey and yoga becomes a resource. But for me, at least, yoga is not the whole way. And that was something that I struggled with for a long time. This idea that yoga is everything, you know, yoga is my life. I'm a yoga teacher. I teach yoga, 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 yoga. But what I found for myself personally on that journey is like yoga is not enough to just roll out my mat every day and do my sun salutations and and sit in silence or study this in sacred text or it's not enough there was a moment in my life where i felt really i'm scratching at the surface with this yoga but it's not it's not taking me to the to the depth of this healing that that i need to find mm. i had that since the moment i i met you then when i was 19 that that year i i'd heard about this process called the uh, path of love this retreat and uh, every year I told myself, I want to go. I felt very drawn because I knew it was a big, big healing process. That's all I knew was very, very big, that feeling. And then every year for eight years, wow! <laughs> I told myself, this is the year I'm going to go. And I even had uh, interviews with the, with, because you have to do an interview to get accepted. Right. And I had a planned in my schedule to go to one in England to go to another one somewhere else and then I cancel and then I cancel and then next year next year until I got to a place and this was 2016 beginning of 2016 where I just had the feeling of uh, enough now Uh, I had this feeling of something isn't isn't calm something isn't settled like there's something there's something I am not seeing inside of myself that's hindering me from feeling all of life, like totally fully. And then I told Dennis, I'm going to, to Path of Love this year. And I told my mom, I'm going to Path of Love. And both of them said, but why? <laughs> There's nothing wrong in your life. Because I had a very calm year that year. Nothing is wrong with you. Why would you go? And it was such an inexplicable thing. Like, I have to. Right. I have to go. And then I met you. Mm. But of course, I didn't remember then that I met you before. <laughs> right, right. And then I met you and you were my, uh, my teacher, the leader of the, of the group that I was in, in, in Path of Love. Which was wonderful. It feels also like another lifetime. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it feels like not a so long, long time. It's, like it's three, not a long three time. Three years ago. Three years ago? Yes, 2016. Wow, it feels more. It feels much more. Yeah, it wow. feels like a decade but for me in this process and i've spoken on this podcast so much about path of love and we send a lot of people to path of love which is one of many experiences you can have toward uh, healing and healing trauma it's not the only way it's like yoga there's so many so many ways but my biggest and i share this a lot when people ask also uh, how we met and our connection i had a moment during my own path of love process where i was you know 
crying all day, every day, deep in my own work, really figuring all of life out. It was very, very heavy for me. And with you as my teacher, I had this other presence there during the process where I was almost stepping out of my own process to look at the work you were doing, Mm -hmm. not just with me, but with other people. And I could see like, wow, this kind of work, this way of working with people, this interaction, this connection, the way you do it, this method Mm -hmm. is genius. And it's like, you can really... I could go out of my own process just to acknowledge like, wow. And I had this little voice of like, I want to do this. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Super intense. It was very intense. And after that process, again, I was shining and feeling, you know, new life, all of this. And I told you afterwards, Shuba, I'm going to do what you do one day. Right. Yeah. 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 And you said, I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) And now here we are doing these retreats together. Amazing. But how can you explain? Because for someone who's wondering, like, how does it work, Mm -hmm. the process of healing trauma, working together with someone? What are the components that that you want to put together? What are the the tools that we need? Right. You know, maybe someone listening who feels like, where do I begin? It's so big. Right. Yeah? What's the Well, one of the things that I can say is that if you would imagine, like, a landscape that has uh, peaks, yeah? That you, of course, like if you see that beautiful peak, that you go there and uh, you can see everything from there, and it's fresh and probably a beautiful view. And a peak, uh, you mean like a mountain? Y- yes, oh, yeah. like uh, that you see like the high sky, but blue sky that you just feel, ah, oh, yes, I want to be here forever. And then suddenly comes that you need to walk down from there, leave that place. And you started to walk and walk. And then suddenly you see that you're walking actually towards a valley. And down you go. You feel like I don't want to go down there. I prefer to be all the way up <laughs> there. It's fresher. It's more beautiful. I can see. It's almost like I have the control of the view and the everything. And down you go. You started to almost denying that, oh, no, this doesn't look good. And yet, it's part of the landscape. And that in itself, if you started to see that down you go, you started to see different gifts and different experiences that that only the valley can bring to you. And why I'm saying this? Because I feel that this is exactly what life brings. As you were saying before, like we tend to hooked up in the things that we want to be our full-on experience, which is the highest peak of joy, happiness, things that we want to happen for us. It's going exactly the way that we want. Yeah, let's keep it that way all the time. Absolutely, (laughs) you know, and then doesn't have tears, doesn't have a, a, a discomfort, doesn't have, you know, everything is under control and everything is just a bright and uh no doesn't work in that way and i think this is what you were mentioning about the the yoga at times that i just want to feel good i want to feel good about my body about my diet about my emotions and my daily life doesn't work in that way the valleys the down times they also bring uh, immense experiences in our lives 
the tricky thing is how we can deal with that. How can we actually deal with discomfort? And why is it so hard for us? First of all, we don't see that as a welcoming part. We reject that. We want to deny that. It's like, uh, get out of here. I just want the good stuff, but the bad stuff is not, uh, it's almost like doesn't belong to me. Uh, like it's a mistake. Yeah. I'm yeah, feeling sad. Yeah. I'm feeling frustrated. It's not supposed to be this way. Exactly. Get me back to happy. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know how to deal with this. With the, I don't have the, the inner strength, even like the inner container to embrace discomfort, to actually to see that that in itself is coming for a reason. That in itself is coming for me to enhance my own capacities to live life because life includes everything. It's not only the good moments and the soft situations that we can go uh, and be in charge of it. Many times things that I'm not in charge of it. Many things that I don't have the control how to deal with that. And many things that I feel that I want to hide, that I'm ashamed, that I feel capable. It's so vulnerable. And how to actually see those things as uh, guests, that uh, they are coming for a reason, that you can start to look at them and say, okay, maybe I can actually learn a lot about myself here. Let me instead push it away. Let me open the doors and say, okay, you are knocking it here. Many times they are even you know, already moving inside of your house without even asking permission to get in. And there they are. And then suddenly you can start to look, okay, if you're here for a reason, let me get to know you. Let me actually, you know, tell me your plans. You know, introduce yourself to me. What are you doing here? And in that way, that attitude, it starts to shift the whole thing. And I'm not saying that this is... Uh, good suddenly easy easy or yeah. comfortable or it's like a yay no it's tough many times it's like oh my god we cross uh, things people are crossing in your community for example such a strong experiences people are dealing with the uh, very traumatic and uh, losses and pain and pain of separation a lot of things there that it seems to be too much I would say that those episodes and situations, there is a way to welcome them slowly there and finding, okay, how can I make peace or coming to terms with those situations hmm. and what they are here to teach me? Because if they are happening with me, there is something in me that can be embracing this if situation them, yes if i'm it doesn't mean it. that is uh, joyful and happy and i'm excited to feel the pain but it's like i'm capable i'm capable i'm yeah. capable i can make it and it's it's so uh, i find all of these things applying them to our own lives i think becomes extra interesting around motherhood or around parenthood and i'm i'm, I'm seeing it in our in our babies because we have babies born four hours apart which is really, uh, oh. I left Path of Love and the day I came home, I got pregnant. And the first person I told was you. <laughs> and then the next week, story. next week after, Shuba calls me, she says, guess what? <laughs> and then you're I'm also pregnant. pregnant. Too? <laughs> and then born on the same night, uh, four hours apart, you're Jai and my Lea Luna. But um, I can see it so clearly now how 
because how we do this as a society, we do it as parents. Uh, and I can see how older generations, because we didn't have maybe the awareness of how we are teaching kids to cope with emotion. Yes. Because it's very uncomfortable as a parent to see your child in pain, mm. in any kind of pain. And we weren't really taught to to hold the full spectrum of all of our emotions as children. So it's really hard to be a parent that suddenly is very comfortable allowing it for your child. So right. I see it in her. She falls and she hurts herself or she's sad about something and how the the tendency is it's okay it's okay it's okay look happy blue sky ah yes everything's fine because and it's not out of bad intention is because we don't want them to feel pain of course we want only good things and easy happy life for our children but then it's like we're teaching them somehow that 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 the, the sadness is scary don't go there as soon as sadness is there, let's let's go back to happy right away. Or you hurt yourself. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Right. So we take away the space of actually letting them feel. Oh, it hurt. Exactly. Like life hurts. Exactly. Sometimes, wow. Let's feel that. Let's, oh, I understand. Yeah, oh, that looked painful. Wow, wow, mommy's here, you know. Yes. And I can, almost in my daily life with her, I have to give myself space around all the things that happened to her to not do with her, what my parents did with me, out of love. <laughs> right, right. So it's almost like, uh, do you, have you found that in your experience that uh, it's like parenting our children is a opportunity to, to reparent ourselves almost? Like, absolutely, absolutely. How does that work? Like in this way that you're saying, it's like you, we were taught to distract away from pain, that pain is not welcome, that uh, feelings are not welcome. My emotions, something is wrong with uh, feeling my emotions. And this is what exactly what I was talking, referring is as the peak and the valleys. It's like the peaks are really good. If I'm happy and going forward and all that are like full of energy is okay. And if I'm sad, if I'm emotional, if I'm vulnerable, that is not okay. It's almost that is not allowed because it's not powerful. Mm. And it's not attractive to be in that way. So with the, with the babies and with the kids, I see that how important it is in this example that you just did, like I hurt myself, to validate first and not get them distracted away from the pain. But hey, yes, I, I see you. I recognize, yes, I can see it. Wow, this was painful. I feel for you. Oh, I'm so sorry that you have hurt yourself. Yeah. And then you can say, okay, but it's going to be good. Or, and then let's do something else. So we don't wallow in the, it's not like we're on the floor the whole day. Oh, remember mm. the pain. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> you exactly. give it the space. And then let's move yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But both and not uh. just uh, minimizing the pain and taking the pain away so, so quick. Because in that way, what you're doing is uh, feelings are not okay. Right. And feelings are okay. And this is the way that we can learn how to grow in our inner container. That when I sense that, okay, I can say yes to my feelings. They are just feelings and they are okay. I can feel them. I don't need to be afraid of my feelings. I can let them in. I can allow suddenly sadness is there. Okay. Suddenly I feel visited by meaningless isolation, loneliness, and then so they can, okay, that's the way that I'm feeling now. And the problem is that because I'm not familiar with that, mm. I feel afraid of feeling that. And if I go there, I'm going to be completely lost. 
into it. And then becomes a down spiral that I don't know where is the way out again. Mm. That's yeah, why that's we don't feeling, go yeah. there. It's like yeah. Pandora's box. If exactly. I open it, it's, I don't know what comes out. So it's yeah. better to not even go nearby. It's right. like, uh, let me out of here. But actually it doesn't work in that way either. Because and then you're just uh, like denying and minimizing and pretending that it's not there. And what happens then if we live a life that way? So, because a lot of people do. A lot of people haven't had the maybe the safety to actually explore the inner wounds or maybe the support or uh, the space in our lives to, to actually look at our own things. You know, it's, it's, it's easy, I think, to, to get caught up in life and everything else is so important that we live our whole lives with these big wounds that we never looked at. But what kind of, what kind of why, why can we not just live that way? Well, and then you started to see in different areas of your life the outcome of that denial for example one of the big ones like intimacy in your relationship is like something that you look at your life and you feel like wow i i, I got a good life i have everything that i want everything is all right i have health in my life in my in my family all okay but and then when i really go very close to my beloved i can sense that Intimacy doesn't really melt us, like doesn't really have an opening to intimacy, for example. And then you look and you cannot really understand how come I cannot just, I love this person, this person loves me, but something doesn't melt, something here doesn't get nourished. And what is that? And this is what we started to see in different areas, this capability to be open to be living life fully in different areas of our, of our lives. That is where those things in the past plays out. So it's not about so much to work the wounds in the past, actually. Sometimes it doesn't even matter if you remember or not about stories. But it's about now, what is happening now, that actually I can see that I want, to I want more, but I can't make it something that I want to live fully or my potential is knocking at my door and I cannot understand why I cannot unfold myself fully. Mm. Those blocks that you started to see now, a days, that is where it shows the things that are in open accounts from the past, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So it's like we deny ourselves one area of, of feeling, like, okay, I'm going to feel the joy I'm going to feel the gratitude. I'm going to feel the peaks, but I'm not going to let myself go to the sadness or the anger or the shame or whatever is there. And then it sort of prohibits our ability to, to feel all the way in our right. lives, right? Right, right. Maybe in relationships right. or friendships or right. with our loved ones. That it's like uh, you cannot shut down just a piece of your heart and that everything else stay really open. It's like we deny ourselves one area and then suddenly we keep all the feelings away a exactly. little bit. And then it gets hard also to feel total joy. You know, we allow ourselves day to day, little joy here and there, but the total joy and intimacy and love becomes also really hard because we're not uh, allowing. Exactly. I remember when my father died, I was 16. And when he died, I felt... It can sound very strange what I'm going to say, but I felt such a great relief that he 
was gone because he was a person, he was an alcoholic and he was uh, super violent, physical, physically violent towards us, towards my mom and us. And I was so strong to be with him. I was always like uh, in fear, absolutely fear. I was terrified to be around him. I, it was so unpredictable, his violence. I never knew what would happen, what could happen around him. And the day that he died, I felt such a great happiness. I was so happy and so relieved that he was gone. But and then the other side of me, I was feeling so bad because I was feeling that way. Of course, yeah. And I, I didn't want to feel in that way at all. I was feeling so such a bad daughter and everybody else was, you know, feeling sad and feeling like this moaning energy around. And I was super happy inside of myself. Like, oh, finally, now we're going to have peace. And then it was very interesting for me because I couldn't really feel gratefulness or love towards him. But I could see that only when I really allowed anger, only when I was seeing that I was full of uh, anger inside of me towards the things that he had done towards us, only when I allowed that and I could express that, that I could sense like, okay, this is a part of me that is in my system anyway. What I'm going to do with this anger? It's here. I cannot just uh, make myself a good daughter and say like, okay, I'm going to be a good person here and feel, you know, my heart towards him. And I forgive you without even feeling, you know, I wasn't feeling that. How could I do that? Impossible. And then I started to realize that actually was a lot of anger in mm. so many different ways inside of me when I could express that in a very safe way. And I remember that I did uh, some letters that I wrote to him afterwards. And also I worked that together with a great person that was accompanying me as a therapist that time. And when I could release a lot of that rage against all the things that was actually happening to me and to my family that I have been seeing and experienced, and then finally, I could find love. Love was there too, mm. but was heated by the anger, mm. was heated by this misunderstanding of how come that he could treat us so bad. And when I let that go, and then I could feel the gratefulness underneath of all that I felt like, wow, I carry your blood. And you gave me such a strength as a person. And I, I could see actually beautiful things in him that I couldn't see before, but not because from my mind I wanted to see looking them. looking for them. Exactly. No, yeah. It was just a blossoming out of my heart because I was cleaning the dust that was also accumulated there for so many years. Hmm. So, yeah, it's like doesn't have a shortcut. But this is such a hard thing, and I, I, uh, this example is so strong because it's also when someone passes away exactly you know, and we have this idea that oh but they're dead you know we have to have to love them and they're gone and appreciate the memory or you know how can you be angry with someone who isn't here anymore yes and it's such a hard emotion i think for us to to deal with because it's is one that we've been taught to is dangerous 
anger. Right. Anger is uh, scary. You know, if you're angry, then something's wrong with you that we're supposed to contain all the time. Right. Especially as women, I think that that the anger is sort of uh, not allowed. Right. So if we recognize that anger is there, how can we, uh, especially if someone has passed away or if the person isn't in our lives or maybe especially if they are, if we're angry with them, does it mean we have to tell them, fuck you, you motherfucker, I hate you? Not at all, please. <laughs> How does it work? <laughs> How does it work? How yeah. do we hold the space for the anger in a healthy way? Right. Being responsible for that, I would say number one, which means is my anger. Uh, it's like it's, it's, uh, they are, anger is a feeling as any other feeling that is moving within, that is passing by. It's not something that is going to be there if you work through it. And when I say work through it, it's like, first of all, recognizing, is that what I'm feeling is anger? Because it's going to be there anyway. So if you don't see it, that's the problem. Because and then you're going to act out or that can be even like creating disturbance in your system such as anxiety, such as uh, stress, such as like you cannot really sleep or you cannot see beauty around you even though you are being blessed. So first the thing is to realize, okay, what am I feeling here? And maybe you can realize, can I dare to say that this is, for example, anger? Yeah, and if there is finding a safe way that you can let that to be seen by you. It's not about putting that in any way, in any person or situation or circumstances. It's to be responsible for that. So if you realize that what you're feeling, maybe if there is somebody that you tend to project that anger, maybe you can write a letter as I did please don't give that letter to that person. <laughs> but for example, just as a way to clean out, to ventilate your system, to let it out, because it's there anyway. It is one of those things that when we're angry, it's like we automatically jump to that person made me angry. Right. Right. They messed up my life. They did this thing to me. Yeah. So now I'm angry. So it's, it's on them. It's like we have to tell them how right. angry they made us or they wronged us. Um, but the way you're explaining now, it's like, that anger that is ours is our feeling it's it's now regardless of what the people did they did what they did it happened what happened now is our feeling it's a changing the vibration to something sacred almost exactly. like this anger is wow okay exactly it's sacred because it's empowerment because it becomes your your own empowerment to say here i stand and I can metabolize that energy, which is so strong inside of my body. And I can even make something good out of it, which means limits, which means maybe even you need to set a boundaries, but not putting your anger on anyone or situation, but maybe even say, wow, this actually doesn't feel all right for me. Or maybe even for many women, wow, I have a voice, my voice is here. I have a voice. I can speak out what I feel. What are my needs? What are my values? I can live my life as you did. You were saying before, right? I got to live my life. And that is an energy in itself that I can say empowerment that comes out of anger many times, which makes you to stand up for yourself and what you want to live out of your life. So it doesn't have to involve the other person at all. Because I think this uh, 
is is one of the things that keeps people from allowing the anger or from working with the anger or recognizing the anger is we assume it means confrontation. Right. And of course, especially if it's our parents, especially if it's someone who wronged us, someone we have a sensitive relationship with, maybe something happened in the past, but now we are okay. Or now they are working on themselves. They are trying really hard. Now is no longer drama, but there's something bad happened then. So if I allow the anger, it means I have to I have to tell them. I have to go down this path of opening the Pandora's box right. with them. Right. And telling them, look what you did. Right. And that's actually the the part of anger that is not constructive. Huh. Because if you put that on someone, you're powerless. Because that person maybe is going to understand what you're saying, maybe not. And how can you make someone to change or get your point of view? It's like you, you cannot put that in someone else's hands. It's you. So it's, it's about you. If you are feeling triggered, if you are feeling that uh, anger state inside of yourself, it's yours. So it's something about you. In, in that responsibility, things can really metabolize. Because mm. and then you can, even if you need to put boundaries towards somebody or a situation, but that is going to come in a constructive way that you can even talk about it you can have your voice and say when this has happened that wasn't good to me or i i just make a line here that i don't want this for my life any longer but in a in a very powerful way like a responsible way not mm. just uh, putting someone else to to see how much discomfort they are creating for you right. so you gotta change and then i will feel better <laughs> right you see it's what like i mean it's like an endless loop because Absolutely. then they won't change, of exactly. course. Yeah, and it's like uh, forever and ever we can live our lives like they wronged me, and it's almost like we put ourselves in the place of being the victim instead of the uh, the person in charge of the situation. Exactly, what's moving inside of us, <laughs> and this is such a delicate thing, especially if the thing we're angry about is uh, that we were totally powerless. Like, what if that person they wronged us immensely? What if there was assault? or abuse, or rape, or something, there's a, someone did something terrible. Right. And then, uh, of course, uh, not having the, the, the person in our lives anymore, or maybe not even knowing who that person was. Like, I feel so many women have some sort of experience like this in our lives, that the, the anger is actually a, a healthy mechanism in the, in the path of healing. Like, right. it's like learning to recognize that the anger is there is very, it makes us very strong. Exactly. Right? Like exactly. we have this power to, wow, yes. that was not okay. Exactly. What happened? Exactly. Uh. And uh, coming back to your question even before, when you were saying about the, the parents, especially uh. the mother and the father, for example, because how can you be angry towards them? They have done everything to us. We should just be grateful and loving. But actually, what should I do with that feelings? Uh, that they, they are there anyway. Yeah. What so, if I'm not grateful, you mean? What if I'm angry? What if I'm disappointed? Yeah, it looks that you are very ungrateful, right. that you're feeling like, oh, how could you mm. feel in that way towards them? It's very important to know that the love is there forever, that uh, it's unshakable. You're going to be forever as a daughter, and they're going to be forever the parents. So the love is there, it's intact, but it's very important also to recognize what are the feelings that are there that is moving within you anyway. And that needs also validation in a responsible way to metabolize that 
until, as I was saying about my father, that I could finally feel grateful. And today I look at back and I feel like, whoa, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't because of that man. That man actually, exactly as he was, shaped my life in a, such a beautiful way and made me to be here now, for example, working with people through traumatic uh, situations. I couldn't do it if it wasn't because of my father also. Mm. I wouldn't be here bringing this example. So it's, it's amazing to see what is possible when we become friendly with our emotions and not enemies of oh, choosing, I want this, but I don't want that. Mm. Actually, I, I'm, a, you know, I'm bringing everything inside of myself. And this is for these episodes that you're saying about uh, traumatic abuses and situations that are so tough uh, among of all us women, not just women, but also oh, anyone, in your yeah. community, things that are coming up about inescapable attacks, uh, right? Where you have no control. Uh. And you have like uh, situations that you feel actually as a victim in uh, such a situations that is so... It, it, creates such an impact and uh, imprint in our systems. So I would say that a big antidote to that is to regain that healthy anger that can establish, hey, I have survived. I have made it here. And I'm not only that situation. I am much more than that. That energy of anger, healthy anger, what I'm calling, is a, it's a great way to reclaim your path again and your direction again and your voice again an interesting question we had because uh, a lot of people shared some very personal things and when, when i was taking questions for this episode having moved through specific very hard very traumatic situations for someone who maybe recently had or experienced a, a trauma or maybe just realized that they have experienced a trauma where do we start it's like, uh, can we do this work alone? You know, do we do we need to to go to to therapists? Do we need to go to groups? Is there, do you have some some tips, some advice for someone to really take some action with this? Yeah, it's it's a personal also. It's a personal answer, I would say, depending of the cases, but because sometimes it's very hard to do it alone. It's it's very important to do it. Someone that can hold your hands and say like, hey, I got your back. Let's do this together. It becomes easier mm -hmm. if you have someone to hold the hand with you in those situations because it's very important to navigate what I call like the pendulation between the trauma vortex in the healing vortex, which means like you're going to go into those situations, but a little bit not uh, get totally lost into the trauma there that you feel overwhelmed by the situation. And then you, you just uh, go a little bit into it that you can feel comfortable to feel enough and then you come back to resource in yourself. And that when you have someone together with you is easier because that person can navigate together with you, bringing you back 
when it's too much. Because so if it's too much, it's too overwhelming. Uh, someone, uh, you mean a professional person? Yes, I would say no. that. Mm. But if you are alone, let's say if if you cannot do such a work with someone at this moment, for example, writing is something very helpful. Having space to find your own resources things that you can uh, remember that you are not only those difficult things and situations and memories, but you are more than that. Simple things during your daily life that you can sense, ah, this is me here, or I have made it here. Things that you remember. Some examples, things that you like to do in your life, for example, that brings you a sense of well-being, that you can see yourself through those lens of, uh, okay, I'm here. Let's say that you like to cook. Let's say that you like to take a walk. Or if you want to, if you like to practice your yoga or dance or listen to music or write, something that you feel, yes, this is me. This is also part of me here. And that sense of well-being can have a little bit more space in your daily life. And that remembrance of yourself, it's, it can be a shift. Mm. That you're not just the dark clouds, you know, right, that you're right. also the, the, the blue sky. It's like between the work that you can come and take a breath and exactly. come back exactly. and feel the body yes. and be here. Yes, because that char- yeah. recharges the body, recharges the, 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 the feelings that you can sense uh, good again, a well-being again. Mm. Yeah, that's super important. And we all have different ones, of course. For me, as uh, animals and babies, <laughs> <laughs> easiest way to whenever I'm I am working through something or to to or cooking and baking, those are like the top four. To ah, here is my home, right? Whatever is there, right? And sometimes it can be so simple, yeah. you know, it can be yeah. like uh, taking a hot shower and put a nice clothes that you feel very comfortable with, and you sense like, oh, okay, now I'm. I'm in my own skin right now, and mm. it's okay. Mm. Mm. Another thing that I would say is to remember about safety and reality. These two things are super important when you have crossed difficult m- moments like this that we are calling trauma. Safety, it's a, a big one. To look around you and sense and recognize, am I safe here right now? Am I really safe here right now? Maybe I'm at home. Nothing is happening right now, right? And then that links to the second one, which is reality. Reality is our best ally, like it's a best friend to bring that anchor, anchoring of reality. You can even look around and see what is my reality right now. For example, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at you. And there is this uh, blue sky through the window and the white clouds passing by. And there is this beautiful picture in front of me, the lighting. So it's like you bring that anchoring of what is reality right now. Because that brings a shift in your system to out of these overwhelming feelings to what is happening actually here now. That actually I'm not back there. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. thing that played out then that can feel so paralyzing. It's like, okay, here now. And that's where I think uh, yoga can be such a fantastic resource because Absolutely. it gives us tools to use also when we're not on the mat. 
also when we are on the couch or out by people or whatever is going on that we can use the breath and the connection with the body to to come back and mm. come back so yoga exactly. teaches us a lot of tools that way yeah and it's strengthening the body i find right. that so because and then you are it's like the owner of the house is back yeah right 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 yeah i love that Something I wanted to ask, and uh, purely because we had so many questions around this uh, specific, and of course there's a lot of uh, women in this community, a lot of mothers in this community, and there was a lot of women who wrote in asking questions around trauma relating to giving birth, or trauma relating to the birth of our children. And I think it's very, very, very common. It's probably more common that as, uh, as we are giving birth as a society, almost that, that we each feel out of control, especially with uh, maybe having something unexpected happening or not knowing where this birth is going or maybe having a medical intervention or, of course, birth never goes to plan, <laughs> no matter how much we want. Exactly. But for someone who is uh, maybe really sitting with a, with a trauma from, from giving birth or from the birth of their, of their children, do you have some advice on how to, to begin to, to resolve that or begin to move toward healing there in that instance? I would say that if you find the safety to feel the feelings that are there, even if it's in a small proportion, like a little bit, just uh, sensing what is in there and not trying to fix quickly and trying to overcome and or, or, or transcend what is in there, but actually allowing that that space that feels maybe something that is not even rational, illogical, uh, to allow that to be there and feel that at least a little bit. And if it's too much, maybe even calling a friend and saying like, can I open something to you? Can I share something to you? And in a way that you can allow the feelings to pass through and be felt. That for me has been a great treasure for my life. When I can just lean back and allow my feelings to have a space to be felt as it is. One way that comes to me is to share my own experience. May I? Uh -huh, of course. Uh, when uh, my baby was born, was a 36 hours of <laughs> laboring there. And it was such a tough one. And when he came out, he was in the umbilical cord, like in his neck, like three times around his neck, and they needed to cut it immediately. And he took, they took it away. the The midwife just looked at my husband and said, "Like, come with me right now." In her tone of voice, and when I look at the the my baby, he was totally purple, and totally like no tonus whatsoever. Totally, like was looking really dad and uh she ran out of the room with my husband and the baby and the baby mm -hmm. and i felt like of course he he didn't make it and nobody was telling me anything just wait and i got in this emptiness and it was so scary for me and i was asking nobody was answering me nothing so it was a great impact for me there in waiting, in waiting. How long, do you know? 
well, for me, it was feeling like a, a long time. But after I found out that it actually was like uh, between uh, 17 to 20 minutes. But that is a long time. But for me, yeah. it was like an eternity <gasps> in that moment. And then they came back. And uh, when the, he, my, my husband came with the baby in his arms and uh, he, he did not, he was not really crying yet. And they were looking for that, waiting for that. But he was not purple anymore? No. Huh. They, 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 they said that uh, he have a great resilience there. So it was, was okay. He was totally fine. So he was back into breathing again. But was has, what happened to me was that that impact was such a, a um, was so big for me into my system that my whole body felt collapsed, and I felt that even my logical part, like my memory and my wanting to be there for him, was immense and wanting to be there, like even like breastfeeding, nothing in my body was working. And I couldn't really be with him. Something in me was sh shocked out. And I was trying hard to be present there, but I, something in me just couldn't. And I couldn't realize what was happening in that moment. It was just too much. And, uh, and my husband was putting him in my, in my breast, but and then the body wasn't really producing anything. And it was that whole uh, gap between like uh, the my mind wanting to be in a certain way and my body wasn't there your body was just in shock exactly like it wasn't i wasn't responding mm -hmm. and of course the mind was attacking me saying like hey do, do something you know it's like you, you gotta be there in a different way that's the moment you know wake up you know do something and i just couldn't and we were there for three days in this uh, hospital and in uh, one afternoon, I was laying down there with the baby in my arms, and the midwives were trying. They were trying everything that they could, very sweet, and to, trying to, to breast, uh, yeah, helping me with the breastfeeding and uh, trying to me make me calm that everything was okay. But and then my husband just pulled me very close to his arms. And then together with the baby, they're also between us. And then he started to talk to me about the, that moment that um, I saw them leaving the room. And he started to come back in my memories. And the question was, what I would have, what I would have needed then that actually didn't happen. And that question made a whole difference because I started to slow down inside of me in my feelings and I started to name moment by moment what actually I would have uh, liked and needed to happen. Even was reality, but I started to reorganize piece by piece, the way that actually my system would have liked to experience and what was that? that situation. And I started to come in and say, I would have liked the baby to come into my arm immediately. I would have liked that he, he could breathe in a natural way. And I would have liked that you would, I told my husband, that you would have embraced me there 
that the three of us, we could be there and everything would just slow down. And he, I could hear him crying. And then I could feel him reaching for my breast. And I could feel the warmth of and the weight of him on my chest. So he started to slowly, piece by piece, saying what I would have liked the situation to be like. And suddenly my whole body started to discharge and I started to feel the pulsation of my heart in a great a bit like was like my breath was like coming in and out in a different way. And I could feel my whole body like uh, releasing just by imagining the situation that I would have liked to be. And that moment was so special because my breast started to just to drop milk. And then my husband said, I'm getting wet here. What, what is that? And I, I said, yeah, I'm getting wet too. I don't know. Maybe he's peeing. What, what is happening here? And then when I look, it was like my, my, the, the milk was coming out of my breast. So that impact that shocked out my whole body, that didn't allow the milk to be produced, in that moment was released just by making sense what I couldn't respond then, I couldn't respond in that moment. And then he fed, he left. And then I put him immediately in, in, in my breast. And then he started to like get like the, the, the little mouth in, the, in this <laughs> pour, you know, the like pouring milk out of my breast. Yeah. It was so special. And uh, me and my husband, we were crying and feeling like, whoa, what a power to feel the feelings as they come so even the situation you see i didn't change anything in the past but i allowed my feelings to just have space to ventilate exactly what i wanted to be even wasn't reality so it was a very magical moment wow so since then i breastfeed for two years yeah yeah this is such a like the embodiment of the of the healing work right yes and and in the moment and to to right away see and feel the reaction of the body yes and it's so uh i think it's 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 so fascinating because so many of us walk around with this holding that you were experiencing during those three days yes but maybe our whole lives Yes. Or maybe for years yes. of, of a, having a shock to the system, something too fast, too soon, out of our control, and the body goes, <gasps> and we seize up. But then we don't have the support to do anything with it. So we live our lives with that kind of shock or with that kind of holding on. Yes. And, and even saying like, okay, but the situation is gone. What, you know, it's like, doesn't matter. It's over. Right. And then what, you know, like, let me just go on and I'm pretend an that it's not exactly. Yeah. You know? And actually, if I come back and I started to uh, allow my feelings to be there as raw it is, and then suddenly I have someone even to hold my hands or a friend that I can say, oh, let me share my feelings. And if I don't have anybody writing, mm -hmm. I can write, those are my feelings here. And then suddenly the whole body, the system can unload. Mm -hmm. The system can feel like... A, tons of weight out of the shoulders and feel like, oh, I feel such a relief here right now. Even I didn't change the reality then. 
something here can have space to let it off and feeling like, oh, I can feel my feelings. I don't need to be afraid of my feelings. Right. And it also, in that time, having just given birth is such a hard time. If we have a perfect birth, the most, uh, you know, the dream birth, whatever the dream birth is for each of us, like the orgasm, for me, it was like orgasmic birth, dressed in white, chanting <laughs> Om, and she just floats out, you know, <laughs> whatever the dream scenario was like, even if we would get that, it's uh, the hardest time Absolutely. of our lives to, to, to have a newborn baby and this whole change of body and hormones and family dynamics and all of these things. So having a traumatic experience or a holding on around the experience of the birth I think makes the those first few months or the first year of parenting so hard so hard and we can feel so isolated and so alone or or the feeling that I know um, for a lot of, of women like my body failed me Yes. Yeah. Like I should have done something different. I sh it's my job to birth the baby and I, I couldn't do it. Right. Uh, maybe we had an emergency, something happened there. And it's so important to reclaim that. Right. That feeling of empowerment in the body and, and allowing space for the feelings that are there. Exactly. Yeah. And the tiredness that it brings, oh, the whole yeah. new constellation and not knowing And also the moments that you feel like, oh, I don't want this uh, reality, you know, what should I do? And then it looks like oh, I'm a horrible mom if I uh, allow those feelings to be here and nobody talks about it. Right. You feel just like isolated because you should be just uh, in Joyful heaven and, and yeah. uh, just good feelings about it. And then that would make you a great mom. <laughs> But and then what do you do with other things? The difficulties, the challenge, the part that actually wants to disappear. So many times you feel like, oh my God, this is too much for me. Especially if you have difficulties or special uh, kids. It's so important to welcome that part that actually lives in denial. Mm -hmm. That part that you sense like, oh, I'm going to be a horrible person if I would allow those feelings to be there. Actually, you're not. You actually more because you can allow that that part that is in denial or sh you know minimized or being hidden to come into your consciousness and be embraced and friendly received by you mm. because you yourself if you cannot welcome that who is going to do for you right right we have to also mother ourselves exactly mm. just uh, having this conversation with you makes me feel um, so hopeful with the with the future receiving these questions around this podcast if you stay really focused around the the pain it can feel like everyone has so much trauma everyone has so many hard experiences like life is dark it can feel really heavy and hopeless but actually once we go from that place of 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 living in the shock or living in the in the trauma to making the connection of, oh, I want to heal that, that longing, that just giving space to the voice of, I want to heal something. It's like the awareness of the world completely changes exactly. to possibility and opportunity and light. And of course, it's still hard and, and hard things happen, but it's, it's a totally different lens of looking at the world. Right. Right, And I sense it very hopeful, very yes. like we can do something. Whatever happened in our past, we can do something with it. Right. If you, if you allow me, for example, to ask you, what is this energy right now when you speak, for example, that wants that hmm. 
if you just would focus right now in that the energy in itself, which is behind even the solution or the things that you wanted to be different, but just the wanting, mm. the longing, that feeling like, uh, oh yes, what you sense that it sits there? How does it feel that energy in itself? It's like uh, like life. <laughs> It's like yes. alive, yes, know? electric, yes. yes. Mm. And this is where I I. I tend to focus in those traumatic situations. There is an energy behind of the situation, behind of the trauma in itself, that longs for life, that longs for a shift, that longs for the blue skies and the open possibilities that there are there waiting for me. But that wanting, that energy in itself, that's the ma where the magic can happen. Because and then it's not even how or when things going to change. But you focus what is behind of it. You focus in something that is there and is precious and it's real. It's the longing. It's raw. It's like, I have it. It's here. Mm. And that, when it's focused on that and recognized and acknowledged, has a tremendous power. Because that is what I need in order to make the next step mm -hmm. right yeah 100 100 it lifts us up can you feel yes it? <laughs> it's like <laughs> did you make We're something like oh yes <laughs> there is something here already yeah huh? it makes us uh, ready to seize the day huh? in a different in a different way yes i'm so grateful for you oh darling in so many you. ways it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> so do i i must say it's <laughs> How so about special that? the connection with you it is yeah it feels really like uh when you said three years which is like what it's yeah. crazy yeah actually it feels actually. much more and our babies are so in love with each other <laughs> Jai is going to bed uh, crying for Leia. Right. I want Leia, mama. <laughs> How so are they going to make it apart now? I don't know. We have to FaceTime more. <laughs> But um, for the many, many people right now wondering how to learn more about you or find out where you are, maybe leading retreats and groups and Path of Love or, you know, you have a yeah, website? Path of Love. Mm. Yes, we, we have been working a lot with couples, which is our, mm, we love to do that, me and my husband together, where we sit all couples together is so powerful. Because and then we can really look into the dynamics. I'm I'm really I feel fascinated and passionate about that relationship dynamics and how how we can explore this journey of being together with someone, and also for singles, for people that uh, want to 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 create and manifest a relationship also. So at Talib and Shuba. So it's basically if you put Talib and Shuba. On online Instagram on Google or, online or Instagram, yeah. you're gonna find us. I'll share it in the description of this podcast, also. So Beautiful. You can find more information. And uh, after my year off, we will do another uh, healing the heart Yay! retreat. Yeah. After this break, <laughs> yes, healing the women's heart. Healing the women's heart. I love it. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for inviting me, big time. Mm. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you all. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you normally get your shows. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. I'll see you next week.